Unscripted. Unshackled. Uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature ears only. It's Miguel Fuller. I would show anything. I'd show my hee-hee and my hoo-hoo oh. and my ha-ha. <laughs> Holly O'Connor. Hey, Daddy, you want to take this to the bedroom? <laughs> and Scotty the Body. I am officially not only the grill daddy, but I'm a hot grill daddy. Oh, wow. It's the Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. Only from Hot 101.5, Tampa Bay's new hit music. Happy Friday if you are listening on a Friday. If you're listening this weekend, happy weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. Another podcast, another week that feels like it is uh, the fourth month in uh, 2021, but we're only in the second week of January. Yes. Well, yeah. It's my birthday month. It, it Well, Holly. I can't believe you had your birthday this month. This does not feel like that happened. That's no. why That's why I told y'all I can't have a birthday month. Like, you need to just like, switch oh, your day. All of January. I want to switch my day. I like my day. Yeah, but now we don't get to actually do anything for your day. That's fine. I, you know what? Sometimes I'm just kind of a quiet person. I keep to myself. I know, but then we have the opposite <laughs> side of it. Like, Miguel gets the whole month. Yeah. He celebrates hard. And then yeah. it's like. But I really don't, it. though. I don't celebrate like I like I used to. Like you used to? When was the, the last big celebration, like a year ago? Um, No. Two it was, years ago? No, actually, it was probably when we lived in Panama City, to be honest. No, you have had birthday celebrations. I mean, the last one, I mean, the, I think. We always make a big deal about your birthday. We didn't this year as much. No. Well, yeah, uh, Oh, there was pandemic, pandemic, you know. Um, I mean, you still could have celebrated. It was 35, but that's fine. <laughs> well, I, didn't, I, didn't have, I didn't have it. I just didn't have it. I mean, <laughs> I, I barely got a text from y'all on my birthday this year. So it's like, what are you, um, what I'm are sorry. You? I didn't just send you a happy birthday text. We had an actual conversation. Towards the end of the day. I thought we about did. you, Holly. Thank you. I did. Oh, I, I don't, you. No, see, no, no. There is, I, I do not you. send early happy birthday texts. Because I feel like you are either busy doing something for your birthday mm. or you're fielding all of the happy birthday phone calls from, like, family and friends and stuff. And so that's why I wait until the end of the day to send birthday texts. actually be like, hey, Ain't how was your day? Nobody calling my ass on None my birthday. Your brother didn't call you your dad? My dad called me weirdly at 1240 a.m. <gasps> I had already fallen asleep. Oh, wow. And yeah, I had late. to check my phone to make sure that I do that it wasn't just a dream that he called. Well, and by the way, uh, if you don't know, Holly's birthday is January oh, one. Yeah, we didn't uh, establish that, but right, sorry, you are a New Year's baby. I am, and so you know, my Tim called me. My dad called. Um, it was like twelve forty. I think he had fallen asleep <laughs> and oh. then woke up and remembered he probably should call. So I don't have any idea what we talked about. Oh, None. Wow. Didn't didn't don't remember. Uh, and then my brother, I think. Tried to call. Mm. I missed it, and I tried to call him, and he missed it. So ah, phone it was tag. over after. It that. was yeah. fine. It's it fine over. after that. But that's about it. And like you know, I got, I did get some texts, but not as many as uh, like in years past. I just again with birthdays this year, I think that people are just like, it's your birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Glad you were born. Get it. Dealing with a pandemic. So I and I did. I was like, that's fine. It's I. I always have like a weird day on my birthday, but it it ended up like overall it was better than last year so it was good it's good for me i think the thought like as you get older the thought of birthdays are more exciting than the actual day yeah because i think about two years ago um and poor abe my fiance like he feels more guilty about this and i've never made him feel bad about it 
But it was two years ago on my birthday uh, when he had to fly out the day before for his best friend, one of his best friend's wedding in Buffalo. Oh. And he felt awful about it. And I was like, girl, it's fine. Like, I'm not 12. Like, you don't need to be here on the actual day. It's fine. And he was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And so now I feel like every birthday he's like, what can I do to make up for it? But because of that day, I've started this tradition where um, I spend it by myself. Mm-hmm. And after the show, if it's during the weekday, I get a pedicure, I get a haircut, I get a massage, and it's all about making me feel good. Which and, is great. And then I get to, like, sort of just reflect on the year and, like, what's happened. And then, like, if my friends and I get together that weekend or whatever, that's cool. But that's been a, a, a sort of tradition I started when he was gone that one time. And I actually like it. I would like that too. It's it's nice to be able to just like do your do your own thing that day and like not feel pressured and like planning something yeah. and making sure that everybody's there and the reservations are made. But did you forget that one friend who only comes to stuff like every now and then because you don't want them to feel left out? Like it's a mess. I'm tired. I know. I'm tired. And it's like you're like I'm 39. Right. Who cares? Right. Literally, like if I was one of those anonymous internet trolls, I'd be like, who cares right. about my own birthday? Because <laughs> who cares? I, it's just, it's fine. I mean, maybe we'll do something for the big. What we forty? Next How year? does that feel, Holly, to say you're going to be forty next year? Weird. I mean, what else can you say? It feels weird. Right. And I feel also like the 30s went by so fast. Oh, my oh gosh. wow. I don't even like and and it's weird. Like when you hear about people that are 40, you're like that is a grown ass adult. Right. And then I look at my own life and I'm like I've been wearing the same pants <laughs> to work all week. <laughs> I'm not sure what. Like it just this is the perfect example. I I I'm going to relate it to pop culture. Are you ready? Okay. During last week's playoff game, um Tom Brady was doing something phenomenal like he does. And they had a side-by-side of Tom Brady and this other football player from, like, the 70s. Because Tom Brady was, like, making uh, uh, history, like, doing some yeah. kind of record. I don't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. But they had a TV, like, announcer, and they're talking about Tom Brady and this other guy who I don't remember his name, but he was, like, a very famous football player in the 70s. And they were the oldest guys in the league to have done – Whatever it is, come this far in the playoffs and then score like, like, you know how football players always have the, or football announcers always have these random stats they pull out of nowhere. Well, back in 1985, Tom Brady scored his first (laughs) touchdown as a peewee football player. Right. It's like super weird, but they had the side by side and it was like Tom Brady and both, and they were like both having made history for being the oldest player to do XYZ. And they had a photo, a side by side, Tom Brady at 43 and this football player from the 70s at 43. And they're like, these two are the the guys that we're talking about. And I know you saw this picture. And if you didn't, please Google it. Mm. This man in the 70s at age 43 looked like he had been rode hard and put away wet. Hey. Wow. This man, I'm sorry. I'm sure he was a fantastic football player, but this man looked like. He had been through two wars, had smoked a pack a day since he was 12. Right. Like, had been, had gone through deaths and divorces and had, like, been put through the ringer and was out here, like, looking like he was like, I'm still on the damn field. Like, or as he, my grandma said, he looked like a whodunit. Yes. He literally looked like, when I was a kid, all adults look like that to me because they just look old. Mm-hmm. In Dark contrast. Oh, wow. Tom Brady is 43 years old, looking like 
a slightly older Scott Tavlin. Mm. Tom Brady over here looking like he moisturized every day, has eaten five <laughs> servings of vegetables that Giselle has lovingly prepared for him. Which is true. Does not smoke, yeah. does not drink, like exercises to his perfection, and looks like a glowing bastion of beauty. And I was like, okay, now see, this is why I'm not afraid to be 40 anymore. Right. 40 in 2021, or 2022 as it would be, is not the same as 40 back in the day. No, I mean, our generation has experienced the amount of leisure time and um, things around us to make us comfortable than like never before. I'm saying, and I'm, and like the, the standards of like how to take care of yourself also. Right. I think I was listening to NPR and they were saying that this is the safest time in human history, which means... We don't have, uh, we're not fending off uh, polio or, mm. you know, like we have the coronavirus, but we got a vaccine in a few months, you know, when we're figuring it out. Um, it is what, George Blanda? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, right now, um, if you're listening to this, we also have this posted as a video on our Miguel and Holly YouTube channel. And Holly has the uh, picture of Tom Brady <laughs> the and old the homeboy. But it's true because, and especially recently over the past year, I think ever since I watched Outlander in the spring, I've been just obsessed with historical TV shows. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just find living back then so fascinating, like how they did stuff and how they created stuff. Yeah. And so when I look at a show like Outlander, which obviously is fiction because Homegirl goes back in time. Right. Well, yeah. You know, but they still, the author of- Everything else is correct. Right. Everything else because the author of the Outlander series went through great pains to make sure that it was historically accurate as possible. Correct. Outside of girl traveling through time. Right. Um, but the, the, the details about history are spot on. Right. Whereas like we can get in the car and we can drive up to Atlanta and outside of a possible car wreck, we're going to be okay. Yeah. Whereas if this were 100 years ago and we tried to go from Tampa to Atlanta, there would be dirt roads like we would be robbers would come and get us on the, you know, in our horse and buggy. I don't mean to make light, but like how in Oregon Trail you would get dysentery and die. Right, right. Why do you think that's a thing? It right. was a thing. Whereas now we're safe. And so when we get to the age of 40, we look still young because, I mean, in all honesty, we haven't done that much physically. I just, I just, can you just look at this man's face on the, if there's a YouTube, okay? This 43-year-old man in 1970 looks like like someone's, you know, grizzled granddad. old granddad. <laughs> yes. And then you bring it over here and it looks like, oh, hey, Tom, how you yeah. doing? That's literally the difference of, you know, our generation and back then. Which makes me wonder, though, when we, like, exciting talk here. Oh, yeah. But because we, we're living longer and we're healthier, how much money do you need to, like, live after you finish working? And, like, how long do we have to work? That's it's, a good question. A I haven't lot. thought about that. Right. Oh, wow. And keep in mind, the, re- the normal age of retirement nowadays is, like, what, 65? 65, yeah. So that was a little more applicable when people were dying at age 70. Right. Not that they should have, but you know right. what I'm you Just bear well, with me. They just were, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's like, okay, yay, 65, I'm going to retire. Mm-hmm. Do you have enough money saved up to live for possibly the next 35 30 to years, 40 yeah. years without working? Uh, no. Uh, 
And the people that got kind of caught in the middle are these boomers, which are like my mom, for example, is a boomer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what they did. They put in their time and they're like, well, I'm going to get to retire at 65 and not do this job I hate because, spoiler alert, most of them hate their jobs. Right. They nice. didn't get to do what they what their passions were. No, they didn't even know what their passions were. They were no. just like, you better get to making babies and, and working. Start working. And then when she retired, it was like, well, now what do you do? And Well, she's like, well, I'm going to take care of my grandbaby. And she did. And now mm-hmm. she's seven. And my mom's like, um, so I don't have any money, like, well, not much. Right. I have some, but it's not enough to do something with. Right. Yeah. So it's like you have to work longer than that, and Ugh. you better be in a place that you love because who wants to be going to a place they hate at age 70? Right. I mean, and that's one of the reasons why I am so fascinated by financial literacy and just learning more about it because it's so scary when you think about it. Like, if you don't do what you need to now at 24 for you, Scott, me 35, you, Holly, for 39, then when we do get to that age, whenever it is that we can retire, then, like, what are you going to live on? And these are things that people don't talk about. Right. But, like, I always, that's always on my mind. Like, the first thing I do when I wake up every two weeks when we get paid is I look at, I log, like, literally, my alarm goes off, I get my phone, I rub the stuff out of my eyes, and then I look at my bank account to be like, all right, is the money there? Let's divvy it up to wherever it needs to go, and let's make sure that we're okay. Because it's like, I just always want to have that security, and especially when you grow up poor, and it's like you know what it's like to not have it. You don't ever want to go back to that. No. And so it's like I will fight tooth and nail to make sure that I never have to go back to how it was before because it's just it's not a fun way to live. Oh, man. It's, it does stress me out. Like, we're dealing with that with my mom right now. And this is not a fun topic of conversation, so I'm just going to wrap it up quick. But No, it's a podcast. That's what it's for. We had I'm, – I'm really now starting – and it's just – by the way, it's very overwhelming. I did not ever plan on, like, having to deal with all this. Right. But so I want to move my mom into this independent living facility. And I don't want to just move her into like a 55 and up community. She needs an independent living facility that can transition into an assisted living facility because she will need that eventually. Right. She's not altogether like there are some cognitive deficits there. I know there are. And I just don't know how it plays in exactly. But regardless. So I'm looking. And it's tricky because some of them are like, okay, possibly affordable if you've got some money, but what level of care are you getting? Like, Mm. how decent are the places? I saw that when she was in an assisted living facility. She was in two of them. And I'm not going to lie, one of them smelled like pee. Oh, Ah, yeah. Why do I hear that a lot, though? Like, with certain ones where the living situation is just... It's like, not do you, people great. not realize that it smells like a hamster's cage in here? Like, what right. is happening? What is happening? Right. And then, so I, I'm fully aware now, at least, that this stuff happens. So it's like you don't want a cheap one, and the, yeah. the people that work there are, like, making minimum wage. Maybe they're not in a good work environment, and they don't care that much about your family. And they turn over. That's what we experienced with my grandmother oh, yeah. at one of the hospitals yep. when she got sick in the fall is one of the ones she stayed at. They the uh, hospital staff or the facility staff turned over so much that they didn't give a fuck. They didn't care about anybody that was there. They were just there to get their little paycheck and then they were done checking things off of a list. That's it. There was no care or comfort when it came to dealing with the the patients. Now, flip that because I happened to find 
Um, it was actually they sent a flyer out, which of course they have money to send flyers out. My mom got this flyer of this place in. Uh, they have several different locations. One of them is in St. Pete, which would be perfect because I want it to be close, right, so that right. I can go there at least once a week, maybe twice, and like check on things and help her with her medications, whatever. Yeah. And so I was, I was like, oh, I'll look at it. I googled it. I hit their website. It's amazing. Now I haven't mm. been to the, this campus. Yeah. Okay. But everything about it is like, yes, like that. Even they list something on their website that they they did not even have in this other place that she was at. And they like list all these different things that you don't even think of. And they're like, they've already thought of it. Mm. And I'm like, oh, my God. And it's beautiful. I did like a virtual tour. And then um, they look at the floor plans. And it's got one of those things where if you kind of like age out or, or you know, whatever it is out of this in- independent can move you into assisted living yeah. and then it becomes like end of life care. It's like, mm-hmm. this is it. Right. Then I get to this one page about like, you know, schedule your consultation, which I never want to do yet because then they, they hound you mm-hmm. and I don't want to be hounded. You get phone calls. Where you at? Where your mama at? What's going on? <laughs> Bring you her now. Okay? Come if on. you don't think that's for real, they do. Oh, they yeah. will be like, where your mama and am? Where they I'm at? like, no, I, I'm not ready. Where that check? So... <laughs> They're like, okay, well, this this you know is not starting at nineteen hundred dollars a month, and I was like, I could I could figure out a way to make that work. Right. I think I could figure out a way to make that work with a minimum down payment of an entry fee of fifty eight thousand dollars. Ah, what the? I was like, well, I'm sorry. Well, what did you say? Well, did you say fifty eight thousand? Fifty-eight thousand dollars. I was reaching my back pocket really quick. Oh, girl, who got that on? I was floored, and then I googled it to make sure that I was like assuming that that meant that we give them like the down payment of a home, and yeah. uh, I googled it. And apparently, yeah, a lot of the really nice places require an entry fee. Some of them up to a million dollars. <gasps> and they said on average, it could be about $300,000. So when this place said a low fee of $58,000, they wow. meant a low fee because some of the fees are exorbitant. And I was just like, I, I just started to feel hopeless a little bit because right. I was like, I want the best place. But right. you better have some better have damn a lot of money, money to, put in the to best. go into the best place. So anyway, that's just my little rant about. No, but see, but that's a perfect example of something that we at our age need to think about because your mom is how old? 70? She's a, she's going to be 73 this year. 73. And how old was she when she came down here to, to when she retired? Hmm, 65. 65, you know, and then she had, what, two years ago, three years ago, her brain surgery. Yeah, three years ago. So like. You're supposed to basically have money for when you retire to just, like, live it up and do whatever it is you want to do in retirement. And then, like, as you get into that age where maybe your mental capacity diminishes or physically or whatever the case may be, then you have to pay for a facility. So it's like you're talking about a lot of money that you have to be able to have for that that, that age when you're older. It's fucking scary. Yeah. And then this is what freaks me out and why I have this conversation with Abe every now and then is because he's not, he doesn't want kids. And I've sort of been like on the fence about it. And when I was younger, I wanted kids, but it was always like, when I'm 30. (laughs) Whoops. Bitch, there ain't nowhere I was going to have a kid at 30. Um, And so I'm like, well, maybe. But then what I, the conversation I keep having with him is, 
we are working so hard at his painting company, at my job, you know, hopefully some stuff in the future for us on the show. We'll be able to make more money and then some stuff on the side I want to do. Then we want to flip houses and get rental properties one day, you know, for us to do. So then, like, we get all this money and then what? And, like, what if both of us are, you know, because I always think worst case scenario, are in some sort of accident or something and we need someone to make decisions for us, who is that going to be if we don't have kids? Who going to be there for us? Yeah. And I'm not saying this to be, like, any type of way, but my neighbors are elderly. mm -hmm. um, And they were snowbirds, so the house was, like, empty for for a while. But then they finally fully moved down here. They do not have kids, neither one of them. Mm -hmm. They were married, I think, later in life. Like, they got married when they were in their 50s. But neither one had kids from any previous marriages or anything, and they never had kids together. Mm -hmm. And it's that about the who makes the decisions. Right. But it's also like a loneliness factor. Mm. And a what is the legacy here? Right. And I don't mean to make like obviously you could like write a book and it become like the next great American novel and that's your legacy. Yeah. But then it, it goes also back to the loneliness factor. And I know they're lonely. Like when I when he was driving Maya to school before COVID hit, um I always felt bad because I'm like, oh, I got to get Mr. John up at like, you know, 7 a.m. <laughs> right. He loved it. Mm. Yeah. He was like, if there's anything else I can do, let me know. I love talking to Maya. Like, mm. it gave him so much joy. Right. Mm. And that the drives to school um, kind of gave him a little purpose mm. because he doesn't have kids or grandkids right. um, that kind of keep you invested in all the new seasons right of life like so for christmas christmases they put their candles out and it's kind of like every other day for them right because at this age now they're both in their late 70s yeah like no not a lot of people are coming like their friends aren't like flying over to come visit they're just they're them the two of them and so no family's coming over and christmas is just christmas and you know whatever else holiday is just whatever else holiday Whereas I feel like sometimes what the the one of the benefits of kids is like you kind of get older and jaded as an adult, but then like if you have kids, you're like, oh, I'm invested in this again and I'm excited about this again. Mm. And then you probably get past that age for a while and then maybe you have grandkids and then you get invested in it again and it right. gives you something new to look forward to. It's like the seasons keep turning over and they don't just, it's not all just Continuous. one linear thing. And I'm not saying that as a scary tactic. I'm just... I see it in my next door neighbor and yeah. I think about that a lot because it's hard. Oh, absolutely. Kids are hard. Well, and I also wonder too if it's a generational thing, you know. So like if they're All right, hold on, let me try to let me get my calculator out. So let's say this 21, you said how they were how old in the late 70s? Yeah, I think he's 76. 76. So let's say he was born in 1945. Okay. And let's say did he go to college, you know? Sure. He, sure. Well, he was a, he was an airline pilot. Airline pilot. Oh, so okay. Probably. Okay. All right. So I'm just gonna say 25. So in 1920, or he was 25 years old in 1970. If we're just guessing, okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I think about when I made my core group of friends, my college friends. Mm-hmm. We've kept in touch um, through the years, and then I think especially after all of us started making a little bit more money about five or six years ago is when we started taking vacations together every summer to sort of stay connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so we keep up with a, a weekly Zoom call. Uh, we text. We have a little text group, um, you know, 
uh, several of them come see me here in Tampa and Florida. I go up to Atlanta and see them. So we keep in contact, and we've always said that, you know, when we're older, we're all going to, you know, buy houses or apartments or condos in, like, one little area so <laughs> we can all be together when we retire. Yeah. So I wonder if, and at least for me as a gay man, that's something that's always I've always thought about. I was thinking that's a, that's a gay straight differential because maybe a lot of their friends have kids. Right. Or, that's true. Right. And so they sort of separated at that point. Whereas we've kept this tight bond throughout this entire time to where even if I did get kids, you know, that would just be Uncle Brandon, Uncle John, Uncle Calvin, Uncle right. Andrew. You know, that would be they would still be a part of the life. Um, but we have already, like, said we're going to be together. And I think gay men have always done that. I mean, mm -hmm. like, if you ever go to uh, Wilton Manor's Fort Lauderdale, it's really interesting to go there Um because you get a sense of, like, what life is like for older gay people. Um, I have a, a couple of friends that live down there, and they have, like, several, like, very upscale restaurants that we went to. No one in there was under the age of, like, 55 except for us. Mm -hmm. But, like, they had their, like, social groups that they that we have now. Yeah. Because it's like you have to sort of look forward and be like, what does my life look like later on? What am I doing with this money and everything, you know, that I've, I've built and, and worked for this entire time? Right. So it's something that I think about um, a lot. But I also think because Abe has a big family that we are close with, yeah. that, like, his younger brother, when him and his girlfriend, you know, they'll get married and probably have kids and, you know, We'll adopt them and be like, hey, come on, y'all. Y'all come visit us for the summer or for a couple of weeks in the summertime <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. And that, like, maybe that that will be, like, our extended family, you know, that'll take care of us when we're old. Maybe. Maybe. Probably not. I don't know. It depends on how close you get. I right. mean, I don't know. You, you don't really, you're not that interested in Maya. Oh, absolutely. But, girl, Maya's got to take care of you. She got her daddy. I know, but, like, that's what I'm saying. So, like, you got to reach out to those kids. Right, right, right. Well, when they have them, yeah, yeah. They not they don't have them now. Right, oh, yeah. He may no, not no. even be with the same girl. We don't even know any part of that. I'm just like saying it. as a quick tidbit mm -hmm. for the future. Mm, right, right, right. No, no, that that is very true. And I feel like by then we'll be in a better place to be like, hey, like, let's hang out and have fun. I feel like right now we are in that stage of life, Abe and I at least, where probably a lot of our parents were back when they were, like, 21, 22. Which is a great place to be, by the way. Mm. It is. Like, I think that's a great place to be. Right. And it, you should enjoy that. It is. And it's really, it's so funny when we talked to Abe's dad, and um, I think we were talking about, because we had contract negotiations and stuff happening um, last year, and we were talking to his dad about it. And his dad was like, well, you know, what, what are the figures? What's going on? And he was like, uh-oh. He was like... I didn't make that till I was, like, in my 40s. And I was like, but wait a minute. The house y'all are in now, how much did it mm -hmm. cost? Like, they live on Lake Erie. It's different. In a nice house that's probably worth over half a million dollars now. But they haven't had it assessed. But, like, when they bought it, I think it was, like, 90000 oh, yeah. or something like oh, that back in the like day. Oh, it was probably, like, seventy five. dollars Like, how much was your mom's house in Ohio when, before, you know, when she bought it? When she bought when it? When y'all were young. Okay. So, what, they built it. Okay, and so okay. first of all, my mom's very first house, when they brought me home from the hospital with my dad, they paid $30,000 for it. For a house? Oh, my oh, yeah. gosh. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's, that's what that was in the 80s. Right. right. In Bedford, Ohio. Right. Uh, and then I oh. don't know about the middle house, like where my dad still lives, I don't know. But when 
they built the house that I sort of went through all my like teen years and like that I consider that like my house. We don't have it anymore, but yeah. So they built it for about let me think. Probably about sixty thousand wow. dollars. Between between sixty and seventy five. They built it. And that wow. was a big house. I mean, I it was, was there twice yeah. when you got married. Houses like? are cheaper up north though. In yeah, the suburbs they are. like oh, that. Yeah, like we yeah. can't compare it to Florida. It, yeah. would, no. it would that same house would be like hundreds of thousands of dollars here. But when she sold it, and God, she would it don't don't ever put her on this topic. She expected to get like a hundred and twenty thousand dollars for it. Or no, mm. wait, wait, what am I saying? Yeah, she expected to get like a lot of a lot of money for it. Right. And then when she didn't, I think she didn't even break a hundred thousand dollars when she sold that house because oh. she had a bad real estate agent that was like. But this young couple that's buying it, you need to give them a deal. What? She's very. I'm sorry. They have the rest that. of their lives to make money. Like oh, that's yeah. your mom. Sorry. Yeah, like it was. Don't was. get her started. She will. Girl, I'll get started for her. That's, that's a trauma for her. So. Like that is a abuse of power. Like that's horrible. It was bad. Uh, so yeah, she didn't even get what she wanted to get out of it. But wow. that's the thing. It's cheap. It's cheap. It was especially cheap. And that w- they built it in the 90s, and that's what it was. Right. So like yes, and stuff has continued to go up. Um, but it was a nice house. Mm-hmm. It was like a nice big house that was, was like the decent, gr- you know, growing up and everything. But it was cheap to build because wow. of where it was and because of the whatever. Um, but yeah, so it's like the the cost of living was different. So of course, Abe's dad wouldn't have been making that at that time in history, right? And and that's why I feel like. And then just to circle back around when it comes to politics. Um, and the people that are in elected offices that decide, like, what the minimum wage is and what all this stuff is, like, these are people, a lot of them are in their 60s and 70s, and they're in their sort of sunset years, and they're making decisions for us now when we have all this time in front of us to be able to make money so we can live comfortably later on. Mm-hmm. We got to take control of that, you know. We got to run for office, and you got to vote, and all that stuff. And that I, I, I figured out like why it matters so much when it comes down to like even your like county seat or like your like your city person or whatever. Because does your mortgage go up every year? Yes. Why? Like, taxes. why does it go up every year? What's going on with that? And like the taxes went up again, mm-hmm. and then it's like my, of course, my uh, escrow accounts. Did, there wasn't enough to cover it, so it's like, well, you can either pay like five hundred bucks now, or you can pay like about seventy five more on your mortgage every month. And I'm like, I don't have the five hundred right now. Right. So here we go with a, uh, a higher mortgage. And then mm-hmm. I forgot, like, I, I'm in this. I feel sort of paralyzed by this decision right now because. I forgot to tell my home insurance company that I got solar panels a couple of years back. Mm. So I was doing a survey for them, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I did get solar panels. Is that – do you all know about that? And they were like, oh, no, we don't. But in order to cover them, your 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 uh, policy is probably going to go up. And I was like, but, oh, no. So I just stopped replying to that email because I'm, <laughs> I'm, ch- I'm a child. Like, I don't want to deal with that mess. <laughs> like, ah, almost 40, didn't just going to stop replying to your email. So that, and then also with my flood insurance, I, I don't understand any of this mess. I just basically do what the people that are doing it tell me to do. Right. So I've been trying to work on this getting a home equity loan because mm. someone was like, you have so much equity built up in your home. 
First of all, it's not as high as I thought it was going to be mm. by quite a lot. So then I was like, it's fine. I'll still push forward. Then they got back to me again, and they're like, oh, we, it can't be that high, so it's going to have to be even lower because you don't have the proper amount of flood insurance. But if you want to go ahead and bump that up to the maximum amount of $250,000 for flood insurance, then we can give you what you thought you needed. And I was just like, uh, can you give me a minute? And I stopped replying to that email. Like, like I don't know what to do because I don't want my um, property insurance to go up. Right. I really don't want my flood insurance to go up for all this other stupid shit. I don't even know. And so um, I haven't talked to anybody about that, so I'm sorry I just spilled all that out. But I just I'm paralyzed by not knowing what to do about that shit because it's it. I can't afford it. And that is why I feel like sometimes our generation is handicapped when it comes to some of this stuff. I mean, I literally have a woman at, at um, our CrossFit gym, Tammy. She's my uh, workout partner all the time, and she's in her 50s, I believe. Um, love her to death, but her and I have had, like, some really in-depth conversations. She helped, she's helped me make big decisions, like when I was trying to buy Chateau Oprah, and I was like, how do you house buy? <laughs> like, I don't even understand. She came over, like, sat me down and explained the process to me and everything. And then when I had to decide on all that stuff, she walked me through all of that because I just had no clue. Because people don't talk about it because they're like, oh, my God, this is so boring. But it's like, if you don't talk about it, then you don't know how to do it. Yeah, and I don't. And it's very confusing. And I know about myself. I do know that I make sometimes bad uh, money decisions because either I feel like I should know, so I just do it, mm. or this is what everyone's doing, so I should just do it. Like, right. I know that I don't always make the best decisions because I don't know, and I am I don't even know who to ask and what the questions are. Now, Scott, you grew up where your mom worked in the financial industry, right? Oh, she worked in banking, yeah. In banking. So, like, did they have conversations with you about stuff like this? You know, kind of, yeah. But at the same time, like, even the conversation now, it's just it's so hard to grapple without actual, like, going through it. Because mm -hmm. my dad, I mean, my dad has his own real estate and property management business. And so I try to ask him questions all the time on, like, you know— that whole process of what insurances mean and how to buy a house and what does this lingo mean. But when he explains it, like, I I literally try, like, every time I see him, and it's like I just can't get the concept. And I think it's because I don't have hands-on actually looking down and, like, living through the process. So yeah. for me, like, this whole conversation, I'm like, what the F? Like, I have no idea what, li like, very little do I know what any of it means. And I'm starting to finally get a little grapple of, like, because I asked my dad, I was like, you know, how do I buy a house? Like, I'm, I'm not in a place where I could do it right now, but I would like to very soon, like, start making that process because I don't want to just keep renting. Like, I would like to not do that process for much longer if I can, but what do I need to do to slowly get there? And he started to kind of explain, like, you know, well, here's the house value and here's the percentage that you have to put down. And you have to, and I was like, okay, just, like, ballpark it for me. Like, how <laughs> much like, money yeah. would I need to put down to start at least getting, like, you know, a house. and Start saving now. I'm trying. I literally am. Like, that's a conversation I had with a friend yesterday. I'm like, you know, I would love to do that. Because I have friends right now who are, have houses. And I'm like, I don't know how that's people. so cool. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I, at 24? Yes. Yeah, 24, 24 I, 25, 26. I'm like. Wasn't even in my. That's crazy cool that I'm like, okay, if you're, you know, well, I guess. See, again, this is where it starts confusing for me. Like, paying a mortgage is like, you know, like. 
ballpark, like how much a mortgage is. I don't know. Like, is it like rent money? Oh, it like, yeah, it's like rent, but it just depends. But you're like, at least for me, it's like, I would love to do that. Like rent, you know, mortgage going toward a house. Yeah. If I right. can, because if I can afford if the mortgage is the same as rent, but I guess you need to be able to actually put a down payment well, on a house and get a mortgage. That's the problem. Yeah. Is that you need to have that big chunk of money to put down at first. And then, because they're like, oh, buy a house. Like, the, it's cheaper than having rent. Yes, but you got to have, depending upon what size house you want, twenty to thirty to forty to fifty thousand dollars to put down as a down payment. And yeah. unless your parents are like gifting you with money and they right. saved up to be able to say, hey, here's a, a, a down payment, here's your down payment as a gift, you know, then you got to start saving now. Yeah. And that's what my, I mean. I'm very lucky that my parents did that. But at the other hand, I was also, I was so mad at my mom the other day because. And again, she's not well, and I need, I know I re- I remember this, but like, she's talking about giving my brother some money for his wedding, and then I was agreeing, and I was like, okay, well, you know, I know that you guys helped with my wedding, and I, I was like, also thinking in my head, it's it's sort of traditional to help for the bride's parents to pay for, to yeah. help with more than it mm. would be for the groom. So right. I'm like thinking about that, and I was mentioning something about my dad, and then you know, she, I feel like. In 2016, because I bought the house in 2017, in 2016, it was my mom because I was like, I don't want to pay rent anymore. This is stupid. My rent was going up. She's like, you need to buy a house. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a lot that I'm not interested in doing at all. That's a process. And she sort of pushed, like, literally, this is before I I knew the the issues that my mom and I have together. Um, And I was just like, she's going to make me do it. And she did. (laughs) She made me do it. And I went through the whole process, which it moves a lot faster than I thought it would. Oh, yeah. So once you kind of have that first meeting, then it's just suddenly the snowball happens. And then you're like signing papers and you're like, holy shit, I have a house. Right. And I even asked her one day, I'm like, well, what? Okay, that's all fun and games because she's like, buy a house, buy a house. You need to buy a house. I'm going to use some of the money that I got from selling my house and we're going to make the down payment. Your dad's going to give the rest because he better. And I was just like, this is a lot. But okay, because I just would do what my mom said for like until I was in my mid to late 30s. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but even then I went over her, her room one night and I'm like, listen, Ma, what if like the roof blows off? What does one do mm. if one owns a house? And she's like, well, your family would always help. And I'm like, that's, that was the advice? That's, that's the answer. That's well, the I'm going to call Auntie Pearl and be like, hey, I need some money for my roof. No, that is not valid. And she told me that that was what happens. And that bitch lied. That is not what happens. So I'm like, then she gets into this whole thing about money and whatever. And she's like, well, we gave you money for this down payment. And I was just like, oh, I know. Mm-hmm. Don't think for one second that I'm not grateful or thankful or whatever. Right. I am. Right. And then, uh, and she's like, and you think your dad gave so much more than me. And then she's got this whole thing going on with her, my, my dad. And uh, I'm like, I don't think that. Like, I I was yeah, so angry out. the way that it worked out. And then after she went, I was like, it's just so, it's like a catch-22. She's the one that told me to buy the house. And she's the one that, like, pushed me to do this. And she's like, we're going to help you with this down payment. And now, like, are you, are you, po- are you possibly holding this over my head? Mm. I'm like, I wish to God that I hadn't taken that money and I was right. still renting. I would rather be renting than deal with this weird turn of events right now. Mm. Because I'm like, I will pay you back. Right. I don't know how I'm going to pay you back. I'm like, say, I simply don't. Yeah. I simply don't have this money. Like, let me add another fucking thing to my life that I don't need. But like, if I could, 
or if I can even start, I would want to because I'm like, I don't need this. Luckily, like, I, I don't talk to my dad that often, but, like, he's never brought that up. But I know that she's, like, for some reason is stuck on this money thing. Mm. And it probably has to go back to what I, the story I already told about how it's, like, $58,000 to move into this place that she wants. Mm. And she doesn't have it. I don't have Nobody has it. Right. I don't know if she's, like, shouldn't have given her the house money or something. I don't know what it was. But even that, well, like, <laughs> the house money wouldn't have even equaled $58,000. Right. Like, no. it, it wasn't. It's not the same. Right. But I just, I'm, like. It just sucks to be in this position of like, what do you, what, what do you want? I did what you said. It's like every time it's like, I do, I did what you said. And somehow there's like all these other consequences that Mm. I didn't prepare for. Like, for example, and you've been through this, Miguel, when your air conditioner goes out, you're like, oh, suddenly I now owe $5,000 that I I have to, what come out of, where does it come from? Here's another bell. And so because I get nervous and because I don't want people to think I'm, Poor, I think I might need to work on it. I'm going to write that down. Mm. I usually will just agree to pay things because I'm afraid of people thinking I'm poor. And I think that relates back to my childhood when I was poor. Mm. No, it's true. I don't. Okay. That I'm is going to bring that up with therapy. Sorry. Let me She's like, hold on. Let me make my therapy uh, note. Boom. And. Uh, okay. So I don't want people to think I'm poor. So I'm like, I have the money. Even right. I don't. I don't have the money. Right. So when the guy was like, okay, so it's going to be, it was at $4,900. He took off 100 to be nice. What a deal. <laughs> a nice guy. <laughs> so you, he's like, so how are we going to be paying today? I was like, I'll just, uh, here's my credit card. And so my person after the fact was like, why did you put it all on your credit card? Why didn't you ask them if you could pay in installments? And I was like, I don't know about that. So then, like, I got really upset, and I started crying, and then I'm yelling at him because I'm like, you don't even know. (laughs) And he's like, okay, okay. So he called them, and he's like, hey, so we just, he's so good on the phone. He's like, he just called, and he's like, and what? I mean, the man mentioned something about installments. The man didn't mention something about installments. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he mentioned something about installments, but we put it all on the card. And I wanted to know if we get, like, half of that back and then pay the rest in installments. And they're like, oh, actually, yeah, that's great. That's fine. You can do that. And I was like, oh, so mm-hmm. luckily, right. uh, instead of having 5000 on my credit card, which would continue to rack up interest. Yes, and it would have ended up being, like, 10000 Yes, <gasps> yes. Yeah. So they took half of it off. So mm. now I only have twenty five hundred on my credit card, which Wonderful. seems more manageable. Absolutely, yeah. And then every and it's interest free. So without interest, every month then two hundred dollars goes on that credit card for right. the next year plus or whatever, however long. And I'm like, wow. See, I don't have those skills. I don't even. I didn't even know that was a thing you could do. And I'm just like, yep, gonna just have to pay five thousand on this credit card. Whereas a little bit of talking and working and not being embarrassed to ask for things, I've found out that it's not going to be quite as crushing because I can do it a little at a time. And it's just like, these are the things that I don't get. I think I learned that a few years ago in in working when I used to be afraid to ask when I didn't understand something. And that came from, you know, being in special ed in elementary school and middle school and high school and having to take remedial classes in college where I was like, I don't want to be looked at as stupid. Mm. And so I'm just going to assume that I know everything. And then I think I got to a point where I was like, well, that's stupid by pretending like, you know, so I'm just going to ask. And so now I'm and and then two after being in this job and working in radio and talking to so many different types of people and realizing 
that most people are in the same boat and don't yeah. have money. We all po. We all are just trying to get by. And, like, you have your few people that are like, I'm good. I got a nice cushion. I can afford stuff. But most people are just trying to figure it out. And so especially when it comes to services like, you know, uh, air conditioner, like the first time that I reached out when my air conditioner died and I was like, so what are the different options you all have for payments? And they were like, well, we have this and we have this. And then we have three, three, these three different air conditioners and the three different ways that you can pay it off. And it's like, I now don't care because usually the other person on the phone or the other person working is in the same boat. Because yeah. I remember, like, back in the day when I used to go to, like, the nice malls in Atlanta, and you'd, like, walk into the Gucci store, and then you'd be like, oh, my God, they're probably judging me because I don't have any money. And then when I worked in a high-end uh, sunglass store, and I couldn't even afford the sunglasses that were in the store, mm-hmm. I wasn't judging anybody. I was like, how you get money to pay for $200 sunglasses? Tell me, because I need to do that job. And so then I realized that, most people are in the same boat. Most yeah. people are feeling it the same way. God. And so if you ask, most people are going to uh, help. Yeah, I just, I, I, lit, I just like had this epiphany because I, I, I don't want to ever be, I don't know. I, I think it comes from not wanting people to think that I'm poor and oh, I can't yeah. afford it. Oh, I feel that girl. When you, when I was 10 years old or nine years old, We lived in Denver, and my mom went through a really tough time where she was dealing with some depression, and she had lost her job, and we were on welfare, and she would send me to Kmart that was, like, across the street from our apartment complex, and she would send me with um, rolls of coins, Mm -hmm. and I was always so embarrassed to go and pay for stuff, and I will never forget when I went and I had on one of those starter jackets and oh, I had, yeah. it was the Denver Broncos. We lived in Denver and I like had my hood up and I had like $6 worth of uh, pennies rolled up and we had to buy laundry detergent. And like, and the lady could tell that I was very sheepish when I put the laundry detergent up on the little conveyor belt and I had my little coins and she was like, oh, baby, if you didn't bring these coins, we wouldn't have any. So thank you so much for bringing them. And I was like, thank you. Yeah. I'm so embarrassed. Yeah. So I totally feel you because I and I and especially after college and when we first lived together, Holly, and when I was making like nothing and my card would get declined a lot of times or you'd have to pay like or you'd have to play a, a debit card roulette. Ugh. Is it going to decline or not? I don't know. We'll see. Let's just on a hope and a prayer. Let's hope that it goes through. I'm going to hit credit instead of debit and hope that there's they like don't... A, a lag. Exactly. Girl, that. Thursdays before payday, that was my thing. There was this one gas station I would go to because they wouldn't charge your debit card. Like, a lot of them, when you do debit, they'll charge it for 90 and then wait until you get to your final amount, and then they'll take that a final amount. But they'll put a hold for, like, 90 but there was one gas station that only did a dollar. Mm-hmm. And I would go there a day or two before payday. That was my little thing where I'd be like, credit. Got it. Got a full tank of gas, and I only got $2 in my checking account, but I got my gas, girl. Yeah. So it's like you learn all these tips, and then as you get older and you start making more, you still deal with the trauma of having your credit card declined or being at dinner with friends and thinking you have money, and then they're like, sir, um, your card's been declined. Then you're like, well, let me call my bank. I know I just checked. Let me see. And then thankfully some be like, oh, I got you. No problem. Just pay me back. And you're like, 
I'll pay you back in two weeks when I get paid. I ain't Just got no money, girl. I had that experience. I had that because we, my, I think it was around the time when my parents got divorced and my mom had my brother and I, she may or may not have discovered the cancer at that point or not, but like I qual- we qualified for like the free lunch program mm, at school. Mm-hmm. And why did they do it this way? But like you had to fill out a green paper. Mm. And so my mom filled it out and sent it to school with me in the folder. And I remember it, we, we were in a young enough grade that it was one of those things where you had to pass papers to the front. Uh, right. So if everybody was, uh, the teacher was like, go ahead and pass any papers that you have from your parents. Or like whatever it was, we had to pass it to the front. And I had this paper and I was like, excuse me. I'm like, if, if I pass this paper, everybody knows. Like it's mm. green. And I didn't. I just oh, didn't. Did. Mm. I didn't pass it. I put it back in the folder and I was like, I don't have any papers. I couldn't do it. Mm. I couldn't do it because I was so self-conscious as it was in that time frame right. that I was like, I don't need something else. I was even self-conscious of, like, getting good grades, by the way. Everyone was all, – all the kids that got poor grades would always be like, oh, well, we, you know, all the smart kids get their grades called out. I hated that. Mm. I was a smart kid, but I was like, why are they singling me out? Because then everyone's going to make fun of me for, like, knowing and being the yeah, teacher's being pet smart, and yeah. being smart. They shouldn't. So, anyway, I didn't send the green paper. And then I went home, and my mom was like, what is this? Mm. You, we need those lunches, and I was like, I couldn't do it. And she was mm. like, Oh, mm. I don't know what she ever did. I don't know what happened after that because in my kid world, it just ceased to exist. Right. She probably called the school and, and was, was like, like, We need them free lunches. She's like, I will bring the damn paper because my yeah. child could not turn it in. But yeah, I couldn't do it. So I think it's like it probably ties to that where I'm just like, I can cover it. Right. I can't why do I do that? Yeah. I, but I, I think what's helped me, too, is just being on the air. And I remember when I was in college radio and um, I had my college morning show and we were talking about math. And I was like, and at this point, I'd finally gotten over my sort of uh, phobia, not phobia, but my embarrassment that I felt like I was I was stupid. I wasn't yeah. smart. And once I finally got to my four-year school and I saw that a lot of the kids that had went to my high school, that when I got to my four-year school after getting my associate's degree, they were still technically like a sophomore or freshman. And I was like, because at my two-year school, they were like, when you go to this university, you will not embarrass us. You will know how to write a paper. You will know how to format it. You will know how to take tests. You are going to excel as a South Georgia College graduate when you get to your four-year school. Mm-hmm. So when I showed up when as a junior in class and I was like front row, like got my notes and got my paper. And I was like, yes, teacher, I'm ready, professor. And then all of my high school friends that had been there for two years were like, they didn't show up the first week of school or whatever. Um, but then I was like, oh, okay, like I'm not dumb. And I started to get more confident. And then I think on my morning show, I mentioned once that like I can barely like don't ask me to subtract in my head. Like and don't even think about multiplication. Like can't do it. Barely pass college algebra. And I admitted that. And I remember um, uh, someone in the campus, like, um, canteen store where you could buy, like, chips and stuff yeah. like that. Oh. They, they had it on in there, and they were like, thank you for saying that. Like, I've always been so embarrassed to admit that I don't do math, but now I feel like I'm not alone. Thank you for saying that. And that, to me, in my mind, was like a boof. <sighs> like, all of the things that I get scared about, I get nervous about, am embarrassed about, I'm not the only person that feels that way. And so why not just share my, my myself and all of my 
inequalities because I'm zero from perfect. I'm not perfect at all. And I have all these things that make me imperfect, but so many other people deal with that too. And making, and by talking about it, making sure that you don't feel alone. Yeah. To me, that's been one of the greatest things I've taken from doing this job for the past, you know, 15, 12 years. It took me a long time to get there because I have realized this through therapy too. Like my, in my head, I equated being perfect with being loved. Mm. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. So if I wasn't perfect, then... Who gonna love you? Love, like, whatever. Like, right. what value do I have right. if I'm not serving someone or being perfect? Mm. And so I think that's why it took me so long. Right. You know? Anyway, thoughts? Scott? No, I mean, it's interesting because... <laughs> No, because I had the same thing. I think about this now that I do trivia because I've always felt because actually growing up I was I loved math. I, that was one thing I really enjoyed. I was good at it and I could figure out problems. And the one thing I think I wish I would have taken a little more seriously was like reading and writing. Mm. And so if we're looking at the list of subjects and the one that I'm probably a little bit more behind on is the one that now is my profession, which is reading and writing. Mm. <laughs> and now it's just like, at least I'm able to add a little funny twist to it. But one of the biggest things I get self-conscious about during trivia is reading out loud with words that I just mispronounce. Yeah. Mm. And like now I have a whole joke whenever I do trivia where it's like, y'all, I always like to let everyone know, like, I am going to mess something up today. Mm. No doubt. And I'm still self-conscious about it. But it's like, I have to constantly remind myself as whenever I trip up on a word, because literally every time somebody would be like, They'll just yell out the word like I'm just like the dumbass in the room. And I'm like, I kind of laugh about it. It gives me like a five-second little like, gosh, damn it. Mm. And then I remind myself, I'm like, wait, literally anybody else I was getting up here and reading it <laughs> would have the same exact fear and thought. Do but it's always, it's always been that way for me. You know, I used to love reading in class because I could just be goofy and funny with it and I could just be my character. But at the same time, it's one of those things where, you know, I do feel like I'm a little bit more behind on the writing and the reading subject. And it is something that, I, you know, even to this day, I want to work on more so I don't have those moments. Right. But, you know, you, the hard thing with this is you don't really know what you don't know how to read until you're reading it out loud. And they're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I didn't right. say that one. I didn't know that word. Yeah. So. Well, that, that's one of those. But that's when you learn that you have your strengths and weaknesses. And I yeah. think, oh, yeah. you know, working with Holly for this long, like, I know exactly what I'm good at. I know exactly what Holly's good at and where we fill each other's uh, <laughs> we fill each other's holes. Hey, somebody has to fill your <laughs> hole and you can fill somebody else's hole. Absolutely. Holly fills my hole and I fill her hole. Um, You know, but, like, I know Kay. that, you know— I can sit here and I can be like, hey, we're going to do this topic. We're going to create it this way. Here's the social media post. Holly, can you write it out for me? Because I can tell you the idea. Yeah. And she is good at making it concise and looks good. And then I can do the rest of the stuff. And so that's how we fill each other's holes. And gaps. So, fill gaps. in the gaps. Maybe it's better than holes. <laughs> Sometimes you got to fill in the hole. Holly, you don't want me to fill your hole? You know. <laughs> fill my gap. Oh, I'll fill your gap. Girl. I bet you will. All, all right. right. We need to be done. It's Friday. Okay. All right, Scott, what's all of your social media? At Scott Tavlin on Instagram, S C O T T T A V L I N. Holly. Uh, Radio Holly on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Thank you, Platypus Posse, for listening. And you can find me um, at Miguel Fuller on Insta, Snapchat, TikTok, all the great things. And then don't forget, See, you can see in our little video on YouTube, on the Miguel and Holly YouTube, a little platypus. Remember who sent that to us?
No. No? That's fine. See, a little, little platypus, little platypus posse. Um, you can also listen to Miguel and Holly Uncensored on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to leave us a review and rate us, please. You can listen on the Hot 101.5 app. Now on the Miguel and Holly YouTube as well. And if you want a Miguel and Holly sticker, just shoot me an email with your address, Miguel at Hot1015TampaBay.com. We will see you next week. Bye, girl. Catch up, catch, up, catch, up. catch up with the previous episodes of the Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast from Hot 101.5. Just hit up the Hot 101.5 app, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Search Miguel and Holly Uncensored. Uncensored.